With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hola, amigos. This is Ray Hudson from BN Sports and Sirius XM FC. And you are listening to Barca Talk. Today on Barca Talk, FC Barcelona traveled to Madrid to face an always physical Hitafe where they suffered a 1-0 defeat. FC Barcelona missed a chance to be on top of La Liga table since Real Madrid lost earlier in the day. Seeing continued themes with this Barca with lackluster attack, most offense running through Messi, and shaky defense in tight games. Hello everyone, welcome to Barca Talk, part of the Blog Roundup Podcast Network. I'm Gabriel Quiroga in Madrid, and joining me today from the UK is Craig McGov. Craig, what's going on? How are you doing? Yeah, yeah, life is good, mate, yeah? You know, surviving, I think that's the, <laughs> the, key, the key word I always try to use on this, but uh, you know, it's funny because there's so many games in the season, and the yeah. last time we recorded, we were kind of more of the optimist, and mm-hmm. now I would say I'm definitely more on the pessimist side um you know obviously you love hitafe i love hitafe <laughs> um before we get into the match review i mean we were going to talk about the game in depth because there's a lot of themes that we've been kind of seeing throughout the season but yeah. were you, were you able to check out any of the international break games during uh this time off from barca oh yeah so i'm i'm i don't sound it uh but i'm scottish so i i was on a bit of a high with football really i was tiny <laughs> i was tiny terrible nation got some success for one of the first times in my lifetime um so I, I saw I, I saw a lot of Scotland to be honest I did catch clips of Barca players um and I know we're going to look at one in a minute but you know any any time any of our players travel um into Bolivia I, I panic yeah um I don't know if you know this but I am half Bolivian so I've been oh, really? there yeah a couple of times I played football there in La Paz and I can tell you that it is very difficult to say the mm. least. I mean, you see, obviously you've seen the comments before the game between Argentina and Bolivia, yeah. you know, they went there actually a couple of days earlier so they can get even acclimated to the elevation, but it is yeah. something that happens. I remember specifically when Bolivia qualified for the world cup in 94, it was a big deal because they beat Brazil to nothing. Mm. And it was mainly due to the 12th man of elevation. It's it's, I just look at it and I think, I, I don't believe I don't believe you should ever punish a country because of their geography. That's inherently incorrect. But if you need if you have players on the bench taking oxygen, then something's not quite right. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we wouldn't we wouldn't allow a team to play on a pitch that sloped at a thirty five degree angle one way or the other. I just it, it feels inherently wrong to me. And and but it's a, it's hard because I don't I don't want to punish Bolivia, but that's that can't go on forever, surely. Yeah, I mean, they've always tried to use that to their advantage, obviously, because of the elevation, and they've mm. won big games. Uh, but the other thing is, they also have to play in it, but they don't train as well. You know, it's it's one mm. of those funny things that I speak with my father about about the Bolivian national team. You know, it's one of those things I always think that we kind of take for granted that a lot of our players do go to South America and that trip is not a short trip, you know, especially Messi going to Argentina, Coutinho and so forth. And I am always amazed that they're able to play three games away Mm -hmm. and then come right back and do the turnaround, especially like against Hitafe, for example. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's a difficult one, isn't it? Because, and again, I'm going to throw in some big stereotypes and cliches here, but I hope, I hope no one minds. If you look at a lot of the European teams, Let's take Scotland, for example. So our, our best player by a country mile, Andy Robertson for Liverpool. When he plays for Scotland, does he care? I think so. Would he go and, you know, run through the proverbial brick wall for Scotland? Probably not. But, it, you know, whereas if you look at the South Americans, and again, it's a big cliche, and I apologise to anyone who might be listening that, that's of South American heritage. 
but that shit matters to them. Like that, they really care. They really care about their country. And so you aren't getting players flying away and just treating it as a training game and a chance to get up with their mates. They go and they put 110% in by and large. And that that's what concerns me. The distance, yes, but let, you know, they're flying first class and whatever. To me, it's, it's the fact that it really matters. Their, their format for qualification means that every game counts and they put that shift in. And if you're 21, brilliant. If you're 33 year old Messi, I start to panic. No, I, and again, I think it just goes to this old way of thinking yeah. that needs to kind of change. And that maybe, like for example, in this Hitafe game, maybe Messi doesn't start but comes in at halftime. For example, because again, you're trying to preserve the best performances, right? Yeah. And again, it's not a bad thing that they're not playing these full 90 minutes all the time. I think football now, especially modern football, the demands on it is much tougher than it was before. And also, I just think, especially with so many minutes, Champions League, Copa del Rey, all these different things, it adds up, right? And mm-hmm. I think if you don't play 90 minutes, it doesn't make you less manly. You know, I think that yeah. that stigma, that stigma still continues. You know, it's like one of those yeah. things is if you don't play the 90 and, you know, again, one of the things that came out of this international break was the discussion of Griezmann. Mm-hmm. Now here in Spain, for example, they were talking about, you know, obviously the performances of Griezmann with the French national team is a yeah. 180 of what he does in Barca. And the comments came out because Deschamps during the, the interview was saying, well, it's because I put him in the proper position, right? Mm-hmm. And that started this, this kind of little fire over here in Spain with Kuman versus Deschamps. Yeah. And going forward. And obviously Griezmann scored a goal for the French national team. So again, what are we going to do with this? I know we're going to dive more into this in the Hitafe match, but again, is this valid point? You know, is Griezmann just playing the best position with the French national team and we just can't figure it out? Yeah. W- without, without sitting entirely on the fence, I think both managers are right, to be honest. I think Deschamps said, I played him in his best position. I can't argue. Coleman came out and said, Yomi Mando, I can't argue. And I think yeah, what, yeah. What, what you've got is you need to look at this and say, well, yeah, Kuman will decide where Griezmann plays for Barca. Deschamps can say what he wants. They're, they're not inextricably linked. And I think that's another worry yeah. that we have is that, you know, we don't want to become a soap opera. And if I was Kuman, I think I would have said exactly what he said, which is I decide about Barca. I don't really care about what happens in international football. But I think, you know, is Deschamps playing him, in, playing him in the best position? I would disagree to some extent. I think what's probably happening, in my opinion, is that Griezmann is playing in a comfort zone. I don't mean an easy, by the way. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. it's, his, it's his language, it's his teammates, it's his country. Yep. He's had success. They value him. He's a starter. He knows he can do it. And then he comes, you know, he, he comes back to us and it's still a challenge. So I, I don't think the two things are linked, but, you know, I, I've seen the headlines in Spain and, yeah, they they just set the papers on fire, didn't they? But, I, yeah. I I think we're becoming the soap opera is becoming bigger than the reality with Griezmann a little bit. I think. Yeah, it's a good point. And again, it just goes back to this international break. I I don't I loathe this international break this early because I feel like it just breaks the momentum of the season. And I see you shaking your head, so I, you agree with me on that. I yep. wish it was maybe like in the beginning of November, for example. The, like I think you know. If I can just make a wider point as well, you know, and and for, for anyone who's listening. I sincerely hope that you know, no one that you care for, no one that you love, no one that you know has suffered via COVID. So we've got a series of legislation, legislative rules happening in different countries in the UK. We're talking about different stages of lockdown. Obviously, you, you guys are in Spain that you had a you had a severe lockdown. America, if you had a half decent leader, you would have some better lockdowns in terms of COVID. Please, please, please vote in November. I won't tell you to vote for, but do your duty. You know, but you've you've got every country is taking its precautions to protect its citizens. And then we then we lift up hundreds and thousands, well hundreds, yeah, hundreds and thousands of people and we fly them around the globe for some meaningless football. Football is irrelevant to health. And the idea of a of a an international break, particularly one that spans two or three games in the middle of of a of a pandemic is is potentially the most grotesque and egregious violation of football over humans that I've ever seen. It is disgusting. Yeah, it's a good point because, again, you know, all these players are going out of the countries, right, where they have all these certain protocols to keep them healthy. Yep. And they're coming back, and it's exactly what you don't want, right, going to a foreign country with different rules and regulations and protocols yep. and then coming back to the team. And, I mean, we just saw also during the international break that Cristiano Ronaldo got COVID. Mm-hmm. So, you know, these different things are happening. It's impossible to control yeah. at the moment, and that's part of the reason. The other thing as well, and, you know, I'm, I'm going to point it out, so – Obviously, my, my, my love is Barca, but it, you know, in terms of domestic football here in the UK, I follow Celtic. So Celtic ha- had played Rangers at the weekend, which is potentially the most vicious derby in world football. 
Um, and because of interna- the international break, Celtic had four of their players that couldn't play because of COVID. Now, that's terrible. Where we are, we seemingly have got away with this for Hatafe, but our players have only been back two or three days. Yeah. People can be asymptomatic. What happens, and I'm going to talk for both clubs here, what happens if tomorrow it comes out that Courtois has caught COVID uh, and so has Messi? Yeah. Entirely plausible, entirely possible. We've seen Ronaldo, we've seen numerous others that have had it. A FIFA really going to have ruined a classical, which is what would have happened because these bubbles are secure that we have it in theory. The FIFA really want to be the people that have already ruined Celtic Rangers. Do they want to be the people that potentially could ruin a classical so that, you know, Scotland can play Israel? Really? Yeah, yeah. In short, yes. <laughs> right? Because FIFA it's, doesn't care. Yeah, yeah. FIFA it. doesn't care. Yeah, yeah, FIFA doesn't. I, care. I, I honestly hope we. I understand that. I understand that Barca can't do it because there's, there's legislation, there's ramifications. But I honestly wish the clubs had got together. And I'm not saying that the clubs, you know, we we have this argument about Champions League and about breakaway football. Clubs getting together and ruling the roost. I get it, but I think it would have been sensible for the clubs to come together and say to FIFA, absolutely not. Postpone the games. We aren't sending them because if every, you know, all it would take is five. If Barca, Madrid, Liverpool. Chelsea and Juventus said no, then that's a big amount of those players. And were they going to find them all? I don't think so. I think they would have they would have turned their tails and they would have put it down as a PR exercise to say no. The clubs need to protect their their not their players, the clubs need to protect their employees better. Yeah. They should they shouldn't yeah. have and the other thing and the other two thing is for the European players, it was nothing. It's just the European Nations League, whatever the hell it's called, right? Pointless. So, you know, yeah, yeah, pointless. And also, you know, the team's already set for the next Euro. So they could just use the youth or players or less, I'm going to use quotes, less important players, right? Postpone, postpone them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or postpone them. them. Exactly, exactly, exactly. Well, the other thing I want to talk about, because I was thinking about this, especially since Madrid lost yesterday. Hmm. Madrid lost to Cadiz 1-0, and we knew hmm. those results before the Barcelona-Hetafe game. I ask you, Craig, is this going to be one of the worst classicals in maybe the last 20, 30, 40 years? I mean, with the lack of really star power, right, the lack of – you know, um, I guess, you know, in Spain, we use the word polemica, like mm-hmm. controversy going into this match. And also that it's one of the earliest classicals that I can remember. And also, as I always tell Brian before, the start time is siesta time here in yep. Spain. It's a four o'clock kickoff. So all these different things, I'm, you know, I know it's going to always, it's always a good game and so forth. But I just think going into it just kind of does not have the spice, the the star power that we're used to. Yeah, no, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And I think <laughs> your question, will this be the most boring Classico? I think I would say that it potentially could be the best Classico in a long time because I don't remember the last time. I'm, I'm not a gambling man, but I don't remember the last sure. time that if someone said to me, what do you think? I didn't have a fairly good idea what would happen, good or bad. I can't remember the last time I was so much like you, just undecided as to what we'll see. You're right, simple Emica. You know, hopefully... Hopefully there'll still be, you know, an edge to it and there'll be some moribble in there and we can have some some interesting battles. But yeah, I'm with you. We've we've had a shortened preseason. We've got two teams who are in a state of flux. I've said it on a mini pod. I've said it on another pod that we've recorded. I actually think Madrid's trajectory is upwards and ours is down, but we're still, both teams are in a big state of transition. I genuinely have not got a clue what's going to happen next week. I've got no idea. And I don't know if that relaxes me because of where we are as a club <laughs> or terrifies me. I genuinely don't know what to make of it. Yeah. I mean, you can see maybe nine outcomes, right? I mean, that's, <laughs> that's the kind of the, that's the kind of the, the scary part of it. And also the unpredictability of it. I mean, you know, against Cadiz Ramos got injured. They say it's nothing serious as in long term, mm-hmm. but it, he may miss this week because as a precautionary thing going forward. And so if Ramos is out and we have a lackluster performance of messy type of thing that's going into this. We have both coaches who really can't find a lineup and formation mm-hmm. that they love. Madrid has trouble scoring. We're having trouble scoring. It's almost kind of like, you know, oof. I, I don't know. I, I don't know what type of football we're going to see. We may see an 80-20 possession by us with two shots and then with three shots type of game. <laughs> it, 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 it's bizarre, isn't it? It feels like. It feels like that first classico of Pep's first season, where I said, I, you know, I don't know what's going to happen. We could score five, we could concede five. Uh, who knows? It yeah, might be yeah. nil. It might be nil nil. 
Who knows, you know, what Messi will do. It feels very nostalgic, even though we've obviously never been here before. Sure, sure. And this this goes to the point that you brought up before when we were doing our kind of just going over our doc is, you know, the parody in La Liga now. I mean, we you see now there's about five to six teams log jammed at the top with mm-hmm. no separation, no consistency. You know, we see that Hitafe beat Barca, Cadiz beat Madrid. Then all of a sudden, Athletic Bill Bowens, and then it, like you, you, we have no idea. And so you ask the question: Is the parody good in La Liga? And I'm always going to say yes because I like having even competition and everyone kind of being at the same table. What do you think? Do you like the parody going into? I mean, this is what it's going to look like. I don't think there's anyone's going to separate themselves until maybe we, you know, week 32 at maybe something like that. But yeah, I think it's good for the league. I think it is, and I think you, we're seeing it across world football this year. And I think you know because of the times that we're living in, no fans, um, of the shortened preseasons, five subs. I mean, let's not under, let's not underestimate how important it is that we've now got extra substitutions in football. Um, I think. Yeah, I, I think we're seeing a very different game this year. Um, and I think the big clubs will lose out by it. And I think that's, that can only be a good thing for everyone. I mean, Cadiz Madrid, I don't remember the last time I would have checked that result. I would have just yeah. assumed, yeah, I would have, yeah. I would have assumed Hetafe Barca, a horrible game for a million reasons every season, granted. But again, a result that, you know, does does better things for the league than it than the negative. I mean, we, we don't like it because it's our team, right? But, you know, yeah, it, yeah. It, can, it can only be a good thing. And I, 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 as long as we get them the wins, I hope it continues. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Again, it, it, I just think it's funny that, you know, especially like, let's say on Madrid side, their best player has been Courtois. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's kind of, you know, speaking about your favorite player, Benzema, you know, I'm still waiting for the <laughs> Benzema game, you know, but, you know, they have it. They have an ability right now where they cannot find their their best starting 11 and they cannot find the back of the net, you know. Mm-hmm. And with us, it's kind of the same thing where our defense isn't that good and we're still having a lot of problems, especially with top tier teams and I, I can't believe i'm gonna put a hit as a top tier team but oh, don't do that to me <laughs> but it's teams that already know how to play barca clog yeah. the middle and they yeah. beat us or tie us right yeah. and so i think the parody is really good because not only does it help to bring more interest right we, we're not going to know by you know week 20 that it's just going to be madrid and barcelona fighting for the thing so i think that's going to mm-hmm. keep the interest but this also goes i think also to you know like you said just the, that both teams are in such a major transition period right now mm-hmm. yeah it's, it's going to be it's going to be really interesting and you're going to have players who it's going to be simultaneously the biggest stage they've had a chance to play in but at the same time no fans so if you're Odegaard if you're Vinicius if you're Fatty if you're Dembele if you're these young players who are going to have real pressure on your shoulders to go and maximize this. How do you feel? Because it's a classical, but it's a classical that you won't have experienced before or you will probably like after the season, hopefully we'll never do again, which is, you know, if you're, if you're Odegaard getting on the ball at Camp Nou this time round, well, it's like training. It's going to be yeah, really yeah, yeah. interesting to see what happens. Again, it makes you, you know, I think with these no crowds, I, I kind of related to the, the last French Open that happened last weekend mm. where I feel like Djokovic needs the crowd to really get him going in the game. Whereas Rafa is so mentally tough. It doesn't matter where he plays like no crowd crowd on the moon, not on the moon. Like he can always be consistent. And that's what we're kind of seeing with these no crowds. Like the teams that are able to perform consistently are able to get those points. And, you know, unfortunately for us, we're not at that level right now. We, yeah. we don't even know what we're getting from week to week. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think definitely a small portion of that is due to the lack of the crowd and that energy you get from the game day. Now it just feels like, is it training? It's maybe a step above training, but it feels really weird. And these players just aren't, and especially with the Classico now, mm-hmm. it's going to be super odd. The first Classico under this type of, you know, uh, regulations from COVID and, and having no audience there. Yeah, 100%. And if you remember... When, um, when obviously the, the the awful, the awful actions of the Spanish state were happening a few years ago in Catalonia to the um, yeah, yeah. Uh, to the politicians and whatnot, and you remember we played that game against I think it was Levante behind behind closed doors, and I remember yeah. watching that and I was I remember the time thinking this is really interesting because I can hear what's going on and I can see which I can I can hear which players are talking which players through a game right, and I think that's that's really really crucial to have if you're if you're young. If we look at 
Madrid, we look at the players that we're likely to face. One of the things that you could always rely on in the classical when Cristiano Ronaldo was playing for Madrid is that he would try too hard, he would try and beat the crowd, and he would end up being a liability for his own team. I don't know how many classicals I watch where he cost Madrid goals by just trying too hard, trying to be Superman. When it comes off, it's amazing, but it didn't. And he, and he was the crowd had a negative impact on him. Every time he touched it, there was whistles. Now I think you have to look at players like Odegaard, Vinicius. These young players, they've got they would be susceptible to that. I'm not saying they wouldn't get through because they're great players, but every, if you if every time you touch the ball, there's a hundred thousand whistles coming at you, that's going to put you off the game. It's hard to talk you through it. Where particularly if players like Ramos are playing, Modric is playing, Cruz is playing, these older heads Madrid have got, if there's no one in the stadium, then they can talk these young players through that game. If I look at Barca, I look at and who's going to talk them through it. Messi, as we know, is not a man manager. Sorry, he's not a leader of, of players effectively. Yeah. Fair enough, we don't. We, he's not in that role to do that. He's a, he's a he's like the queen here in the UK. He's figurehead that <laughs> you know the the, the 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 title the title belies the responsibility, right? Yeah. Then we look at it and we think, P, we've got realistically, we've got PK and Busquets. Now, both of us, I'm guessing, probably hope Busquets doesn't play, right? Yeah. So yeah. we could we could be potentially be in a position where we are actually at a disadvantage on a level playing field in our own stadium. That's crazy. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah. That's a good point, though, because again, we just don't have those vocal leaders, especially with Ter Stegen being out, you know, it's basically left to PK and he can't do everything because he's so far away from the yeah. action. Right. I mean, usually you need the midfielder to be that loud voice, to be the engine, yeah. you know, almost. Or, yeah. So or you rely on the fact that no one has it. And yet exactly. we, we have it less bad than the opposition. Cause when we touch the ball, there's going to be, I was going to say a singing for anyone that goes to yeah. camp regularly, they might not be singing, but there won't be, there won't be whistles. Um, exactly. When we just reach the ball, they should hear nothing. So I, th- there's so many angles to this. I did a mini pod through the week and I said, these next seven games will define what we do. And one of the points that I made was I really want to see what happens with Ronald Koeman's ideas when he, when the shit hits the fan. I didn't think it would happen this quickly, granted, but again, <laughs> what, what does he, what does he do? Does he, does he stick to his plan? Does he change it? there's so much going on. I think this could be a five hour discussion on its own, just about the hypothetical. Yeah. Yeah. And, and and of course we're going to have the buildup, but before we're going to have a champions league match on Tuesday night. Okay. And that's going to break it up a little bit. And I'm curious to see what we roll out there because Mm. again, we haven't done this type of format in a while, right? Especially, you know, after the COVID break and so forth, where we're having games where you had three games in a row in less than seven days. Right. So we're going to see the recovery and we're going to see what happens with the Champions League and also the Classico coming up. So, what would, what would you do? Would you would you play your Classico lineup or would you rest players and risk a, a bad result? What would you do? I would I would rest. I mean, Same. you this game this game on Tuesday, you should be able to at least get a good result. A good, yep. how about this? A, a good enough result, you know, yep. maybe a one one or two two something like that with the young team, and then save my because again, I. I'm always looking at the whole seasons in a whole. This is just the very, very beginning, right? I know I'm trying to get momentum into the season, but at the same time, I have young players like Alenia. I can use them. This is a perfect match for Alenia to play in and Ricky Puj, for example. 100%. Let him go wild and let him let him create, and hopefully they can get those breaks where we get a goal here and a goal there, and then all of a sudden we just put the pressure on them. So yeah, it'll be fascinating to see what happens this week, obviously, with – um, with all the buildup, especially after Tuesday going into, you know, with the injury with Madrid, the lack of scoring, all those different things. So before we get into <laughs> the autopsy of the Hitafe match, I uh, just want to tell our listeners about the Blograna Podcast Network. The Blograna Podcast Network has two other podcasts in its network dedicated to FC Barcelona. The first one is The Driven Shot, hosted by Omar Hawish, who's a podcast about the news of FC Barcelona. So if you want, a midweek podcast. That's a good podcast to check out. We also have an in-depth Spanish one hosted by Alejandro Villegas and Mariana Guzman, and that is ADN Barca. So again, if you want to look for something in Spanish, we have that as well. Further, if you want daily audio and video content from our combined team, join our Patreon community and help support our growing podcast network. Click on the link in the show notes to become a patron today. After the break, the autopsy of Craig's favorite team, Hitafe. <laughs> So we've talked about it all week, the Hatafe match. You know it. I know it. They're physical as you know what, right? And this is match day six that was played at the Coliseum Alonso Perez in Madrid, and we lost one nothing. Let me go over the lineup and just kind of some 
quick newspaper headlines that came out today. So the lineup was Neto, Dest, Langley, Piquet, Sergio Roberto, Dijon, Busquets, Dembele, Griezmann, Messi, and Pedri. Some of the headlines that came out today. First one from Sport, seen goal, no goal, right? Next one, doble KO. So that's knockout because also Madrid lost. So that was in Mundo Deportivo. In AS, it was Mata Gigantes. So Cadiz and Hitafe beating the big giants and I'm not going to say the marker because they didn't say anything about Barca, but those are the headlines. Craig, I know we talked about this in our WhatsApp group about this match. Why, in, in a shortened form, because I know you can talk about this for hours and hours, <laughs> why the disgust so much with Hitafe? I hate them. I hate them. <laughs> and they are, we've we seen, we seen it here. Like, how could you possibly love that? Like, how could you love that team? They're horrible. They they don't play football. They basically just commit assault every time someone's near them. I honestly, I detest them. And that's not hyperbole. They're awful. And we've seen all the negatives in this game. The, other than Kukurea, I see nothing, yeah. nothing that would make me want to go and pay my money to watch that team. I don't understand how anyone can support that football team, how anyone can enjoy watching that football team. I think I would rather not be a footballer than play for that football team. It is, <laughs> it is anti-football and it is horrible. That was pretty good. I like the, that was very succinct because I know you can talk about this for hours. I tried, I tried my best. I'm going to give you the devil's advocate on this, the, the, the different perception, right? Like, yes, it's not the prettiest and it's, it's awful football to watch, but it is the perfect style for this city of Hitafe. Working class, hard nose, cold, physical, so it suits them, and this is what works for them. I know that it's not lovely. I understand that. Like you said, assault. I get that. But I would say my biggest concern with this is you know Hitafe's physical. I know Hitafe's physical. It seemed to me that Barca forgot how physical Hitafe were going to be leading into this match. Agreed. Agreed. I- I, I do disagree that it's the perfect style for them. It's the perfect style for no one. Apologies. I disagree. <laughs> um, you, can be, you can be defensive without being violent. You can be compact while still trying to win the game. You can try and not get beat 6-0 by still trying to actually pass the ball. Um, but going back, to your, <laughs> going back to your other point, um, but we do this every time we play them. We know it's yeah. going to be a hard game there, but you know what? There's other places to go that are difficult and yet we don't crumble the way we do there. And I can only put it down. It, it's got to be fear. It has to be fear. And if you're an adult at any level playing football and you're scared of getting hurt, just don't play the game. You'll hurt yourself by not trying to go into tackles. You will do more damage to yourself by pulling out of a tackle than ever going through one. That is a fact. So if we're scared of playing against these players, play the kids. And let's, yeah. get, let's get beat with a bit of pride. That's a, that's a great point because I was I was talking about this with a friend of mine today about Busquets. And I was talking about players over 30 that just don't want this fight because of their age yeah. and where they're at their career, right? Like you said, I would have much rather had the youth and just let them go, run wild, use their energy, their enthusiasm. And I think they would have been able to be more physical and match that physicality. But again, like you said, every time we play here, it's the same thing. They're going to foul and push the line as far as they can. I mean, this happens in every sport. You know, mm-hmm. when you are on paper – Right. Trying to scout the other team. You know, it's just guerrilla warfare. What are you going to do to match and try to just to be in the game? And Hitafe just wants to foul as many as they can and just push that line because the referee is not going to call every foul. Mm-hmm. Right. He's just not going to call that. So, again, like you said, uh, for me, again, Barca just seems always not prepared for this physicality. Let me give you some stats really quick that kind of just kind of paint this picture as we've seen Barca when they lose tough games. possession, seven shots, one shot on goal. I mean, that to me tells me the lackluster of attacking combination and passing and possession with no direction or no teeth going forward. Yeah. My my favorite quote of all time is from Xavi Hernandez. And he says, we pass the ball to move the opposition. We don't pass the ball to move the ball. And I'm sorry, but 72% possession with seven shots tells me that that's exactly what we've done. And I can only put it down to, and obviously we've we've all watched the game, is there is safety in having the ball 40 yards from Hatafe's goal with no one near because they've got two banks of five. 
the real, what I really want to see is someone making runs through those players, taking the hit, taking the block, make something happen. Instead, we just looked scared to do it. And the only person, yeah. who, the only person who looked like he wanted to do that was Pedri. There was at times where Dembele did, but he just looked like he'd forgotten his brain and left that in the dressing room. He's ran in straight lines. I mean, from a footballing perspective, uh, his decision-making was awful, but at least he tried. Yeah. But I look yeah. at players like Messi and Griezmann, um, Frankie de Jong, I think, you, you, you know, they, there's a saying in the UK, they they phoned that in there. They put they put a sick day in at work. They may yeah. as well have stayed on the bus. You mean as though they just played three games international break? Is that what you're telling me? I, you know, I don't think it is. I know, I know, I know exactly <laughs> no. what you're saying. I know exactly what you're saying. And we've seen this in the past. We've seen it at Sociedad under Luis Enrique. We see it a lot yeah. when players. I don't think it is. If this was anyone other than Hitafe, I would be saying maybe, maybe that's what it was. But I don't, no one looked spectacularly leggy. No one looked particularly knackered after 50 minutes. They did yeah. all look absolutely terrified of going and getting, you know, an elbow to the face. And there might be people at home listening to this that saying, well, I wouldn't want that. Yeah, granted, but you don't play for, you don't play a contact sport for a living. Getting paid yeah. inordinate yeah. amounts of money. And I don't want to throw the money argument into it. But if your job is to play for a foot, professional football club, you have to go and play Hetafe with exactly the same vigor that you go and play Villarreal that you know are never going to tackle you but to play lovely football. You can't pick and choose your battles in this sport. So I would argue the opposite. Even though they weren't leggy, I would just say mentally they were fatigued. Like they were still walking, going through the motions. I just think that the way – like you said, you brought up a great point about this. The safety of the passing 40 yards from Hitafe's box, right? There's something to it. You know, you know when you play – and you have possession, you're really not exercising that much, right? It's very easy. The defender that's chasing, that's the mm -hmm. hard part, right? That's why it was always spectacular when we did have these possession numbers and actually scoring a bunch of goals. Yeah. That was amazing, right? And anyone that's played knows when you are chasing the ball, it's very difficult. When you have the possession, it's very easy. Yep. It's really easy when you're really good at holding that possession and you're 40 yards away and not doing anything because you're just basically milking the clock. <laughs> now, I want to point out, like you point out some quick players. We need to go into all this because the last time we recorded, we were trying to get prop up Griezmann for all the runs that he was doing, the defending and so forth. But I got some lines for you. Zero goals, zero assists this season. Mm -hmm. Hasn't played 90 minutes yet. Fully two goals on 28 shots. Obviously a terrible conversion rate. He had the one clear opportunity and basically hit it to Saturn, right? I mean, that, that, I mean, he had to have converted that because that makes a huge difference in the whole game. Craig, what are we going to do with Griezmann? I mean, this is just, this is, this is now more than a year and three coaches, three now cannot unlock him. Yeah. There's a lot to unpick here, isn't there? I, I, oh, do I say, um, certainly have been. Yeah. I'll stick with Am. I am a big fan of him and I think I still think he'll come good, but the way I look at you, right? Three, three coaches haven't been able to get the best out of him, but three coaches have tried. There is something there, right? We can't doubt that players and systems don't always go together. But what I, what I would say is I think if Griezmann's doing other people's running, I will back him until the ends of the earth. What we can't have, I'm sure Griezmann sat at home really caring about my opinion, right? But what we can't have if you're <laughs> if you're backing Antoine Griezmann up here is you can't have him simultaneously not making runs the way he did and really not taking chances when he could. If his job is to go there and do the dirty work, then I think he's done it well. He did neither at the weekend. And when the pressure's on you already, it's going to yeah. make it worse. Uh, who Who do we play instead? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the other thing, right? We don't have someone to push him, right? You know, if we had Suarez, then maybe you go with him going through it, but we don't, right? Mm -hmm. And that's the other thing. Like like you said, the pressure just keeps mounting, right? Again, my my fear in this, because Kuman said that he played him, quote-unquote, on the nine position yesterday, is that they said, okay, we did the nine, and you didn't score, so mm -hmm. we're going back to the way we did it before, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. And I can't, I, I can't stand that because that's not statistically going to give you the the best. I mean, again, Griezmann is playing a new way, and he's got to figure it out. You got to give it three games and just go with it. But more importantly, Greg, I want him to play ninety minutes. I mean, just let him play it out. Like, just mm -hmm. give him that opportunity. And again, he didn't play. You mentioned Dembele now. Like you said, he left his brain sometime at home with some of the plays, especially with. 
the backtracking he was doing and didn't pass. That's just not our style at all. For me, he played okay, but again, it just I always just hold my breath because you you don't want him to get hurt, and that's just not what you want to see. Or that's not how I want to watch him play football. I want to see him free flow, create, use his speed. And every time he starts to use that speed, I'm like, just don't pull up, just mm-hmm. don't pull up. You know, that's what I'm always thinking. Yeah, and same as you, I can't I can't shake that feeling of of just thinking he's going to get injured, and it's um, I always <laughs> I always remember from my childhood. This might be a bit of a niche reference for, for some people, but there's a player for Spurs called Darren Anderton. I don't know if anyone remembers him. And he, he was notorious for always getting injured. And it Dembele feels a bit like Darren Anderton. It feels like every time he gets the ball, I just think he's either going to do something fantastic here, or he's going to do something horrendous here, or he's going to get injured. There's no, I don't envisage ever getting a seven out of 10 performance. You know, I, I, I was, you know, you know my little yeah. Seydou I, I don't know. Cater would give you seven out of 10 every game, no matter who he played, no matter the scenario. And I, I, and I just think, when are we going to see them seven out of 10 performances from Dembele where he plays well, but, but you know, he, he's, he's fine. We don't get fine. We get amazing. We get terrible or we get hurt. Yeah. 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 It's a good point. I mean, a couple of times he lost the ball in the middle of the park where Hetafi almost had a chance to counter, you know? Yeah. And again, it's just kind of one of those things where, He's almost, it feels like a, a colt, right? Like a young horse trying to find his legs again. That's what it felt like when I was it's a watching a really him. good analogy, yeah. Yeah, and it's like you, you, you can see the glimpses. There was a couple of times where he kind of broke through the middle and you're like, okay, he does it. But again, like you mentioned earlier, his passing was awful. I mean, awful. Like the crosses, he could not hit a good clean cross in the middle. And it was driving me crazy. It's like one of those things as a footballer, it's like shooting free throws in basketball. It should just be like automatic. Yeah. Just and hit the ball, hit it. There's, there's, there's players that have come and gone before him for exactly the same reasons. Adama Traore, powerhouse in Barca B, rapid. I mean, scary quick, very skillful. You know, couldn't couldn't pass to save his life. Gone. Gerard Delefeu, same, couldn't yeah. pass. Gone. Gaia Sulin, going back a little bit, couldn't pass. Gone. How many more players have we seen in the same position and how many of them have had the chances now that Dembele said, I think, I think he's on borrowed time. I, I, yeah. we, we've got to see more from him. Injuries or not, we've got to see more from him. And I, again, I don't want to be reactionary and say, get rid of him, sell him because there's a, there's a player there. It's kind of like the Griezmann one is there's, there's a player there, but is it a Barca player there? And I'm not saying that with any form of um, arrogance, you know, I'm talking systems. I'm not talking stature. I'm not talking, yeah. you know, big yeah. stage because they've both played on that stage. They've played on the biggest stage in the world. I'm, I'm talking systems. Can we, can we fit our system around them two players? No. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is that I'm going to go to the next, the next point that we have on the dock, and I'm going to the double pivot. You know, Kuman did the four-two-three-one. Busquets playing another 90 minutes and then also Frankie de Jong just making mistakes. And you have here bad luck or bad player. Mm. I'm getting concerned because I, you know, as we talked about earlier, I want to see Alenia in that position with de Jong. I want to see someone with some more ideas, some more creativity than Busquets just to see. I need to see it, right? I don't know if it's going to work, but I get more excited if I know that Elena is going to play than Busquets right now, that's just, mm-hmm. that's just how I feel right now. And again, like in the match, DeJong made some critical mistakes, the penalty as well. Obviously there's a lot of controversy with that, but mm-hmm. regardless, he made a sloppy foul and you can't deny that. And on top of that, we're not seeing the DeJong that I was so pumped to get from Ajax. And I don't know what's going on with that. I, I don't know if it's just clearly it's not the four, three, three. Is it that simple? I mean, I don't know. I actually, I actually think I, I I disagree slightly. I actually think with the ball, we're starting to see the. I think we're starting to see the Frankie De Jong from Ajax. I think the system helps him. What what I didn't expect, and I didn't watch enough of Ajax to really make a decision on this. It might be exactly what he was doing, and it just worked worked around it. But I don't remember seeing him make as many mistakes as he's making at Ajax. I think we've seen some really nice, intricate pieces of play from him, but you can't just keep doing stupid stuff. And I, you know. L- hate this comment all you want guys that was a penalty just because yeah. Barca didn't get decisions that were as bad or worse does not differentiate the fact that that is a penalty for Tafe. it's a soft penalty but it's a penalty you can't do that it's a penalty um and again it's a silly one you know I've always said jumping back a little bit but it's kind of like the Griezmann thing if a striker misses 
25 chances in a game, I will, I'll, I'm all right with that because they've, they've had chances and they've tried. Eventually, statistically, they'll come, right? And, you know, you hear this sure. all the time when a striker goes through a bad form, as long as, they're t- as long as they're creating chances, people will say, just don't worry about it, panic, it'll happen. Kind of feel like it's where, you know, Griezmann, it's, if you were creating chances, then I'd back you, but you're not. With Frankie de Jong, it's kind of, if it was a mistake where, let's think of an example, um, Longley goes and clears someone out because they're thrown on goal and he gets sent off. Fair enough, it happens. Someone goes and tries a last-minute tackle and clatters someone, gets sent off, it happens. Someone, I hate to say it, but someone gets wound up and lashes out with someone. Not great. It's a one-off. We move on. My worry about Frankie de Jong's mistakes that are leading to, to goals and leading to penalties and errors is that they're not rash, flash-in-the-pan stuff. They look like he's genuinely playing as he wants to play. Sloppy passes that he just shouldn't be giving away at this level. Not pressured into it. Not trying a hero ball. The penalty, again, that's not a, that's not a goal-saving tackle where you take a penalty. That's where he's just misread his man and he's got there too late. Don't make the tackle or get there earlier. Like I've played centre half. It's not that's not a difficult position to find yourself in against a, a forward. Yeah. And that's my worry is I think he's a good player still, but he's very very leaky when it comes to mistakes. And, yeah. the, and the mistakes aren't mistakes that you can forgive because it's someone either trying to save a scenario that's bad anyway, or trying to do something amazing. You know, someone tries to take four players on, gives the ball away. You. Yeah, you kind of let them off a little bit. Someone that's got no more than five yards just takes a heavy touch. I can't forgive that. And I, I, we're, seeing, we're seeing too much of that. So I think I'm still, for me, that's still a question. I genuinely don't know the answer. And, I, and I'm definitely still hyped to have him in the team. And I think the point is actually the one you've made, which is, you know, are we, are we back in the scenario where people are covering for Busquets and it's making them look bad? Is he is he Rakitic Mark too? Yeah, that's a good point. And I think, you know, the biggest difference for me when I was watching him in Ajax, and it was only the one season and obviously through the Champions League run, was one of his characteristics that I see him lacking here is he was really driving the whole midfield forward, right, with his dribbling. And he's not doing that. So it's kind of like one of those things we talked about earlier, last time we recorded, is DeJong having too many touches, right, side to side. I feel like he needs to go back to going driving up the middle when he has the chance, take that on. Do the passing, you know, with these mistakes, they're directly leading to goals, right? So you can identify that mistake, right? I just think right now he's not doing enough on the attacking end to kind of, you know, get that whole, I mean, that's what he was doing with Ajax. He wasn't just, you know, the sole playmaker for Ajax per se, but he just moved that team forward yeah. and everyone followed and they were able to do the, you know, the intricate passing they want. So I, yeah. I, you know, it's one of those things is like, you know, in that position, right, there's a lot of pressure, right? You're the transition on defense going forward and all this stuff. You have a lot of responsibility. I get that. I just want to see more on the attacking side because I'm I'm willing to live with the mistake here and there. That's fine because that comes with the territory. I just want to see more aggression yeah. going forward because that's what I think he's really good at. I mean, he's very talented. We've seen a couple of times where he's been able to pass over the top had some giving goes with Messi and so forth. So he has the ability. It's not like he's like Mascherano, basically like they <laughs> cannot do attacking football, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like that time of mind, right? So this goes to my next point. You know, we, we talked about obviously the physicality of Hitafe. Mm. Uh, I thought there was a really good quote after the game. You know, they interviewed the players. Mata obviously scored the penalty kick and he had a, I'm going to summarize what he said. Basically, he just said, everyone knows what Barca wants to do for the past five years, right? We stuffed the middle and we played physical and we just hope for the win. And that's what they did. And I want to tie this more not only to the Hitafe, but obviously the top tier teams, Champions League and so forth. Craig, we cannot, we are never desperate for that goal. Last night, I watched the last 10 minutes and then I watched the replay. During the last 10 minutes, I felt like it was already a loss just because I know we're always trying to play the dream goal. When are we going to change this mentality? I know Hitafe, you know, match day six is not desperation per se, you know, end of the world type of thing. Mm-hmm. But this is the type of mental toughness that we'd lack for the last five years going forward. And we're still having the same issues. What, what needs to change? What do we need to do? More crosses? I mean, is it that simple? I mean, def- def- definitely not more crosses <laughs> because of the, my second point would be personnel. Cross to who? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And who do, we, who do we put on? we're back to the same point that we keep coming back to sadly which is that we've got an inherent failure of the board to plan for anything other than plan a 
And even then, you could argue that some of plan A has gone a bit amiss. But, you know, ultimately, we yeah. have players that are set to play in our way. But as Jaime Mata says, everyone knows that way. And it's not like... Yeah. And it's not like we were in 2010, where it was like, we know what Barca will do, but Christ, how do we stop this? Because no one has played against this. We've got a decade of people playing against this now. Yeah. People have played yeah. against more ty- more types of this football than the garbage that Hatafe throw out on a daily basis. Yeah. You know, passing football, yeah. interchanging... And especially if we aren't willing to go and take them on face to face and head on and run into those channels. I I genuinely, I looked at our bench yesterday and I thought, right, okay, who do we turn to? And I'm sorry, I adore the man, but Ricky Pooge is not the answer. But he was the only one that gave me any, and I'm not saying that, that's not, I I love him. He was not going to, he was not going to win us that game yesterday. That's not the game for him. And he was the only person I looked to, even though I knew he wouldn't really make an impact and thought, at least get Ricky on. Yeah. Who do we bring on? I think I I was, and there's a bit of my own hypocrisy here. I was for us getting rid of Suarez. I was against us going for Latoro Martinez because I thought he was too expensive. I'm against us going for Memphis Depay because he's not good enough. But Jesus, yeah. we need Jesus. We need another striker. Uh, yeah. Because who do you bring on in that scenario? And if if Messi's not creating it at the minute, we're not creating it. And Messi didn't look. Messi, you know, he didn't look up for it. So I I genuinely don't know. And I'm not defending Kuman here. I don't know what we could have done yesterday the minute we went one yeah. down. I guess my whole point is, you know, when I watch EPL games and it's last minute goals, it's because they always throw junk at mm-hmm. goal, right? And it doesn't matter about the height of the players. It just matters the opportunities that happen, right? So if you're going to have, let's say, six crosses, the defending has to be on point to clear all six, right? If they don't clear that one, Someone can be right there to clean it up, and it's just a happens goal in the 90th minute. That's what I'm just. I'm just. That's just an example, right? I think it's a great we point. Never, it's it's a great yeah. point. But if you look at it yesterday, there was there was a chance in about the I think it was like the 91st minute yesterday. I don't. And I think it was Matter again. That was was it Matter that went through and then got took off and was pretty annoyed at himself. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sergio Roberto put a cross in. The Hatafe defender, I mean, he could have read a newspaper in the time he had to clear it. <laughs> Kukurea broke, yeah, yeah. who was phenomenal. We'll come on to him, I know. Kukurea broke, and then you've got 60 yards of play to play in. He picked the right pass, he ran. The issue I'd have with it is, you know, you, you're right. A lot of teams will throw bodies on there and try and get it. We put PK up there. We've got no one else that can attack a ball. So if you're yeah. a team like Hatafe, Athletic Bilbao, if you're these teams that have got stereotypically big defenders... And we start putting crosses in the box. You're probably happier than you've ever been because you're like, well, <laughs> your average height is six foot one. We're six foot four. Brilliant. So I just think, you know, if our plan B has to be a better version of plan A, and if plan A is falling flat on its face, we're kind of in a hole. And again, it's it's really hard at the minute. And I keep saying, I feel like I say this on every pod, it's hard yeah. to not keep being negative but where is that player that we bring on that makes something happen? Let's go back through the last 10 years. Bojan could do something. Keita could do something. We had Henri that would come off the bench, potentially, depending on where Eti was playing. We've had Pedro over the years. Suarez sometimes would come off the bench in the latter years. We've had players that could come off the bench and we could try and make something happen. What what have we got? Like, you know, I get, I get it, but who... Who do we cross to? My biggest bugbear, in fact, with Barcelona is we put balls in the box, and I think, well, that's a waste. Unless we're playing Bath yeah. and B, there's no point in us crossing balls in the box. Well, I only, I only say it just from, you know, just having variety. That's the, all it the, is. The, the, not, the point's not, an amazing yeah. one. The point is an amazing one. And, yeah. and if you remember when Ibrahimovic was signed, a lot of people thought yeah. that was the plan. It's like, okay, well, they've got a plan B yeah. now. Like, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be ridic- it wouldn't, it would not be yeah. ridiculous to say, let's go and sign some big cart horse. I don't even, yeah, I, I don't yeah. know. I don't know if that'll, that'll even translate over the pond, but who, let's go try a big donkey who, like Andy Carroll and just put the ball. Yeah, in the I was going to say, who is the, who is the big, uh, Czech player, the ball dude that all he did was headers. Jan Collar. Very good. Just, just very kick, good memory. Kick, just kick balls at him. But you know, that's what I mean. Yeah, like, yeah. You know, I, I fully, I fully endorse your point, but we, yeah. we don't have anyone that can throw up there. And, and you're right. If I were playing, you know, we, we don't have plan B. You know, and, and and I'm not I am not suggesting we go and sign some big donkey like Stephen Fletcher yeah, or yeah, yeah. you know Andy Carroll or anyone like that. I'm not saying we should do that, but the point remains: if we are you know if we are 
one nil down with five minutes to go in any game, what are we doing apart from giving the ball to Messi more, which we pretty much do too much anyway? Yeah, pray. So this, this is perfectly this is perfectly because I want to talk about Plan A. Okay, mm. so talking about Plan A, right? So Kuman goes out with a four two three one, and and you talked about it just a couple minutes ago about twenty ten the four three three system how it was revolutionary. So, and I always go back to the twenty ten. What made the four three three so special was the discipline and the spacing all throughout the field, right? And again, I cannot stress this enough right now. The Freedom that Messi gets right now, the complete freedom, I think is killing the discipline of the team and the spacing. That's why Hitafe was able to park the bus, the boat, the train, <laughs> the plane back there because they already know that Messi's going to go middle and everyone else has to play off of that. There's no discipline. There's no width, right? How many times, especially in the last 10 minutes, for example, when I was seeing, they had six players in the box, mm-hmm. knowing knowing that there was not going to be no correct spacing. So again, I just want to give some messy numbers really quick. I mean, it's hard to argue with what's going on, right? So mm-hmm. it's four goals in the last 24 La Liga games, no free kicks. Just again, he looked out of it a little bit yesterday. He was walking even more. I mean, they were, they were highlighting it today. I don't know what we have to do because at one point you're kind of, you want the avant-garde of Messi to be able to do what he wants to do. But I don't know if it's to the detriment of the whole attacking team, especially now, right? Especially now that we don't have a Suarez up there to help leverage the scoring. So what do we do with plan A? How can mm. we improve plan A? It's, you know, I'm not talking about Villarreal, right? I'm talking about the top tier teams because that's always what I'm looking for. And again, you you had an opportunity to, to climb the top of the table to get up there and we didn't do that. And again, Everyone has a playbook. So how do we improve plan A? If you had the, the keys to the to the castle, how do we improve plan A? What would you do? Would you do anything differently or would you just I let would, it go how it's going? I would keep the formation. Firstly, okay. um, I would drop Busquets in a heartbeat. I would just I would get rid of him. I would, I would bench him until injuries forced him to play and I would put someone with legs in there and see what happens. And the other thing is I would – we, we we need to sort Messi's positional out because if he's going to play the free role, he needs the walls he used to play off. So the big thing that used to get thrown at Messi is he, he's just using other players as a wall. He kicks it to them, they kick it back and he scores, right? Breaking that down in a very simplistic terms, that was a thing. Well, all Danny Alves does is pass to Messi and Messi scores. All Suarez does is pass to Messi. All Neymar <laughs> does is pass to Messi. All this person does yeah, is pass yeah. to Messi. And those one-twos, then wall passes were successful. If you're looking at Messi now, he drops in, he drops deep to get space he looks to play a pass, and I'm, and I'm not just defending him to be a fanboy. He looks to play a pass, and you've got, I can either hit Griezmann, who's probably static, or in, he's running down a blind alley where I should be anyway. You've got players who are going incredibly wide, or you've got players that want to be right next to him. You've got no one that's going to give him those triangles. So you need to either, you need to either sit down with Messi and say, look, it's not happening around you, so you need to stop, or you need to look at the players and say, right, it's not happening around him, so you need to start. That has to be fixed. And I think that I think that dictates what you do. And if you've got no one that you can trust to be that wall for Messi, you've got to sit him down. And if you're going to follow the man, the, the mantra of Yomi Mando, if you're Ronald Koeman and you're going to put your cojones on the table and say, I'm the boss now, let's see it. The system isn't working. We can see that. So who, what are you going to do? Personally, I would back Messi and say to the players around him, I would say to Fatty, I would say to Dembele, I would say to Griezmann, I would say to Coutinho, listen, lads, that person gets your bonuses. You need to play for him, get it sorted. If you if you want to play the um, the positional power battle, maybe you go the other way and say, right, Leo, you've had your time, son. You need to start sticking <laughs> in your position, but you've got to do one or two things. So I actually think the formation is fine. I think what needs to happen is personnel needs to shift in terms of busquets and mentality needs to shift up top, which just says, right, we're going to make this work, or we're going to, or, or we're going to, we're going to have to change people. But I would keep the system. You know, I, I feel like I've kind of gone on a bit of a tangent there, but does that make sense? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think, I think for me, there's two key things. Obviously the Busquets, we agree on that. Mm. If you're going to play Messi in the 10 role in this four, two, three, one, right. He has to have some sort of border, 
right? Because I think he's, again, we never use the right side again. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times have we really use, are we really, really attacking the right side? Not like we used to, you know, when mm-hmm. Messi used to play the right wing, we were attacking the right and also the left as well. There was a lot of balance. And I think we have to go back. We have to restore the balance in the force, right? Like this type yeah. of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like we need to, we need to. And I think by having the discipline, like you said, that was a great point of saying he needs people to have the wall pass with, right? To do those passes. Yeah. And I think going forward, he's going, you know, if he can get that partnership, he can do that. And that'll I hopefully unlock Griezmann, have more width on the right and the left side, and also hopefully lead to more. Yeah. more that's, that's it. I mean, let's go back to let's go back to the, the Dani Alves days. So, you know, I, I am I am not shy in my uh, in my belief that Dani Alves was an appalling cross of the ball. Yes, he would get 30 assists a season. That's because he put in 465 crosses. And most of them ended up in tier three of Golnord, right? So, you know, but but he got there. And at the time, Alba was getting there as well. So I, I fully take your point. Right now, I adore Sergio Roberto, but his job, can't, it can't be to keep getting behind and making crosses. So we don't attack it. Will Dest help that? Probably, but we're still going to have the issue of whatever yeah. Jordi Alba's doing on the other flank. So again, I think that I think the formation is the right one. And this this is why I'm struggling because I think the system's right. And I think the core of the person, I, I don't think we're a million miles away. I really don't. I think we are missing probably a settled set of fullbacks. Surely at some point, Koeman's got to give give Busquets the hook and say, you need to sit down, son. And then we just need we just need to sort out what we do up top. And I think the nucleus of the players is there. We're missing a nine, despite the fact that we've got Griezmann, who is potentially one of the best nines in the world. Yeah. Yeah, there's again. I I hope it's just a couple little tweaks there, but mm. again, time's going to tell, right? Especially with the Champions League game on Tuesday, and more importantly, the Clasico, because there's going to be a lot of pressure. Always pressure on the Clasico. Now, I just want to highlight the two players on Hitafe, the yin and the yang, right? Of good and bad, essentially, right? Uh, obviously, first Cucurella. I mean, again, I continue to be impressed with him. The last three seasons, especially, just his the motor he has. The ability he has. I'm not saying he's the greatest fullback ever. I just think he would have looked really nice in a Barca jersey right now, uh, just being as a as a, for depth and also just to push because I mean he had a great game last mm-hmm. night. Now the opposite of that, Neil, right? Eight fouls and one yellow card. I don't know if you know this this reference. I don't know if you follow NBA back in the '80s, but. It was a straight Bill Lambeer performance last night on like what he used to do on Michael Jordan, where elbowing Messi, getting away, mm-hmm. towing the line. On one end, I kind of understand it because that's what they do. And, you know, the referee has to take more control of the situation and not allow foul five, six, and seven, and eight to happen. You know, it's got to stop earlier. But again, you know, I was very impressed with Cucurella, not impressed with Neil. <laughs> did, did, I mean, Kuma came after, didn't he, and said, um, did he yeah. cost us yeah. Like, And I remember thinking, yeah. what has he said to you that you can't pick a team? Because if that's true, that's not ugly, my friend. That's fairly accurate. <laughs> uh, but, you know, I think, but this is the thing, right? And this, this is, so my, my hatred of Hatafe is obvious. Nyom epitomizes Hatafe, right? He is their player. Yeah. Who, you've played the game, I've played the game. I, I'm not saying I was that enforcer. That was that was never really me. I didn't mind a tackle, going back yeah, to my point no, earlier, yeah. but I was I was never an enforcer. But when I played, there was someone in the team that if someone went and clattered someone I was playing with, they would say, you're not doing that on my watch. And they would go and do it back. Yeah. And, you know, I remember in the early days when PK came back to us from Manchester United, the amount of times that we saw Messi get hit and PK would, the next, the next time that person got the ball, PK would just go in and, it, and he would hit them and it would... Who was doing that yesterday? So I, you know, Nyom is a disgrace to football. As are Hatafe, I'm saying it again, and I'm not apologising. They're awful. Get if this was done on style, they'd be gone, right? If this was, if there was yeah. quality control, they would be playing regional football. But he's there. He exists. We know he's going to do it. Who was taking it to him? I'm sorry, but the, we've, you know, we've let him get away. Going back to your 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 Michael Jordan reference, you know, let's look at a QB in the NFL. There's yeah. people whose job it is that says, if you sack my QB, God forbid the next time we 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 line up at line of scrimmage, because I'm gonna go through you. Because I've let my I've let my man down there. And I watched Nyom just kick lumps out of our team yesterday, and wow. I didn't see a single person retaliate. And do you know what? If you'd have said to me, we're gonna lose the game anyway, do you know what? Someone just go and clatter him at a corner, yeah. maybe a stray elbow. 
I'd have took it. I'd have took it. I mean, I, I always go back to the Vieira Keen, you know, mm-hmm. rivalry of that type of thing, where it was, you know, tit for tat, essentially, especially during those Arsenal Man U rivalry days when they were very heated. And again, it's a good point. I mean, who on this team is fighting back? The, you know, again, it's, it's we fun. we lost ninety nine percent of our aggression the minute Arturo Vidal walked out of our club. Just think about that for a, a second. Point. You know, one person yeah, yeah. leaves, and all of a sudden, you've got no one that can go and compete against half of the teams potentially that we play against in spin bloody hell it's true it's true and that's the thing right we don't have anyone that's a tough guy to come in as the enforcer type of thing to really defend any of our players that are getting hacked right and that goes again uh with vidal for example mascherano i think of like you know you know like these players in our past that had our back you know and Again, we there's a lot of problems with this team. It's going to be a long season, as we talked about. Very inconsistent, and I think as a as a Barca fan, that's the hardest thing for me to kind of expect and predict mm-hmm. in the weekend. It's like like we talked about in the Clasico. It could be five nothing. We win or lose. We don't know. It could be a one one. It could be a zero zero. Like there's so many outcomes. Yeah. And some people like the unpredictability, but I also like a little bit of consistency of knowing the type of movement, the type of play, the type of attack we're going to have. And from game to game, we don't know who's going to score, or who's going to show up for different reasons or not. So it's yeah. going to be, again, this week is going to be really tricky with the champions on Tuesday and the classical on, on Saturday. Yeah. Where are you going to watch the classical as we tie this well, episode up? Well, unfortunately, I won't be able to watch it live because in the UK, we have a law that says any any football shown live between 3 and 5 p.m. on a Saturday, you, you, you can't put it on the telly. Um, they obviously think that people, you know, if Barca versus Madrid is on, won't go and watch Rochdale versus Oldham. It is horrendous. <laughs> and there's, there's lots of, there's a big movement in the UK to try and get rid of this. But so unfortunately, I'll have to watch it on catch up and try and avoid avoid the score. But um, God, what's going to happen? <laughs> you know, and, and on my, fi- my final point on, on, on the Hitafi game, but it, it, it feeds sure. into this. My big thing is before the start of the season, we sat down and we spoke and I said, I don't care if our team wins or loses. I'm not bothered. Play in a style that entertains me and look like you care. And I'm all right with that. I don't need, I've seen enough trophies in my lifetime already as a Barca fan that if I, if we don't win anything for 30 years, I still probably couldn't complain for what we've run in the last decade, right? Play in a way that entertains me, look like it matters to you, fight for the cause. You know, it's not gonna, 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 but we've got to, you know, there's got to be some lucha in there somewhere. So I, I, that's what's missing for me. The unpredictability, yes, but just look like you're bothered. So I, if we get beat on Saturday, but we care, I'll take the positives from it as much as I hate to say that. And I, I just think how far have we come that, you know, effort is what I'm looking for in a classical. Yeah. Effort in a classical, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, we've seen it. It's 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 nothing that, you know, we're seeing it every game. And yeah. that's the problem It's you know, and I think that effort could be replaced by the youth because the youth will care because they don't have this experience. Right. And that's why I'm clamoring so much for the youth because I just need a spark of joy, a spark Mm of lucha, like fight. Yeah. 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 And what, 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 what about you? You're, you're behind enemy lines, right? Yeah, but it's not a problem. (laughs) Okay. So what's it, what's, what's your plan then? You you know, is, is there a, is there a local penny you can go to or? I usually go to the, well, before COVID, I used to go to the bar in my neighborhood and mm. they usually had a table for me and I used to have friends and come. I don't know what I'm going to do because it's such a tricky time here. Mm. It's four o'clock. I cannot explain this enough for people outside of Spain. Four o'clock is the siesta right after the long lunch on Saturday time. Yeah. And it's such a weird time. It's the calm of the day. Uh, and so it's going to be interesting to see yeah. how people watch it. I probably may just watch it at home yeah. after my own siesta. I think so. it's, you know, for, you know the, the way I was trying to explain this when I was talking to people this week was, you know, for for, pe- for countries who don't have the siesta um, and built into their culture, it would be the equivalent of playing at rush hour on a Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Where, where you, where you think, sure. why are you doing that? Like, people aren't going to be ready for this, you know? So, yeah, yeah. it is a strange one, but um, I think, you know, I'm going to try and get some radio silence, but it, it, it's a strange move, isn't it? It devalues it a little bit. I understand why they've done it. Let's be honest. We're living in yeah. a world now yeah. where the, you know, the, the markets that are calling the shots aren't the markets that our, our football teams play in anymore. I get it. Sure. I'm not going to fight it because what's the point? Um, but there's ways and means. How are, we, 
how are you going to go radio silence? Are you going to turn off your phone for our WhatsApp group? That's the, that's the, the thing because that's going to be quiet. The benefit of not being in Spain, my friend, I'm going to turn my phone off and no one will care. <laughs> you know, I'm not. You're, you're you're in Spain. You've got the issue. You've got the issue of that. Um, yeah. You know, my, my entire feed of this will be via my telly or my phone, and I'll turn both off. So sure. I, I'll be all, I'll be all right with it. But especially in a, in, a, in the, the current COVID world, I won't be anywhere near anywhere yeah. people be saying it. But so I think it'll be okay. But do you know what? If we if we get something out of this, maybe this is it. Maybe this is a spark that turns it around. Maybe there is a surprise in the lineup. Maybe Elena comes in, or Ricky Pooj comes in, or. Pjanic comes in. Yeah, Pjanic, we spent a lot of money on this fellow from not to be playing. Yeah, I know. Um, he's, he's on the team. <laughs> and, and so, you know, maybe, maybe this is it. Maybe we look back at this game and we say, well, that was, that was the spark. That was it. That was when things came together. So, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not cashing my chips in just yet. Don't worry. I'm not throwing the towel in. But um, if I was Ronald Koeman, I'd be looking for a big, a big performance. He's saying the right things. He's saying he's the boss. At the minute, it's on the players. But if he loses the classical, the pressure will start coming on on him as well. All right. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I mean, I, like I said, I'm eager just to see what comes out of this week. Again, it's, it's just a gauntlet of games as always. So uh, I think I think we did a good job of tying up your favorite team of Hitafe and the style. I think everyone knows that you're going to get a tattoo of Hitafe uh, logo on your on your arm next time. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll put it I'll put it next to my Barca one and I'll put the score next to today's game. Eh? Bloody hell. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, we'll tie that up, you know, and uh, until next time. Barca Talk is a production of Sound at Media with social media and promotion by Two Point Go, as well as being part of the Blaugranogram Podcast Network. Until next time, Visca Barca. Sports Social Podcast Network. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.